Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to thefinancialadvisoracademy.com. Now, here is your host, Ben Newman. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. You know how we do it here at The Burn. Every single week, we are bringing you stories of celebrities, athletes, people with amazing stories of challenge and adversity to help you connect to that burn that lies inside of you, right? We have to have clarity on our why and our purpose. But what's most important and what I found with the highest performers is that they understand their burn. It's that internal fire that lights the why and the purpose, which then causes you to take the action to perform at your highest possible level. And I've been wanting to do this interview for a long time, ever since we started our connection and dialogue. And one of the reasons why is because I remember watching Austin Hatch's story on ESPN and thinking to myself, how in the world does somebody make it through one plane crash, let alone how does somebody make it through two plane crashes, and then for somebody to make it through two plane crashes and decide to do what it takes to compete at the highest possible level in collegiate sports, playing for the University of Michigan, which, Austin, you know it's hard for me to say that being a Michigan Stater, but uh, we're going to get past that. I'm not going to give you any go green, go whites. We're going to be cordial with each other here. But uh, your story on ESPN, it, it, it was just amazing. So, Austin, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And I think your message now is more relevant than ever because everybody in this country, in the world, were impacted by great adversity. Here in the United States, there's so many things well beyond COVID, bigger issues than, than COVID and change that needs to take place that I think your message of fighting through and overcoming challenge and adversity is so relevant. So thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Ben. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to be with you. And um, yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep the Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan stuff. We'll keep that on the back burner <laughs> for the next hour. So, but, but yeah, you know, it's really, it really is an honor and privilege to be with you. You know, I think my message about overcoming adversity and really about, to put it simply, I think we need to focus on how we respond because we can't do anything about our, about our circumstances most of the time. You know, obviously, some of us, we do have some control over all the, all the things that are going on in the country right now. But with COVID, no, no one has control over COVID-19 and, or of any adversity that presents itself as a result. But I do believe that we have control over how we choose to respond. And I think if we approach the, the, any form of adversity we face with the right mentality, the right attitude, right mindset, um, I think we'll overcome it. So when we, it's really important to tap into that inner burn that, we're, that we'll talk about here today. So, so, so take me back, because this is like fascinating for me, is a, a plane crash, right? I mean, it, it's so hard to even just bring it up. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, people think about it so devastating to have lived through two plane crashes and then you talk about the burn. Like, what was going through your mind when you made the choice? Like, I am going to fight through this. And I, I want to mention one thing. I got to just plant this for you because 
I know how much your grandpa meant to you and your grandpa always taught you that every day is an opportunity to perform. But you go through two plane crashes and then you decide to perform and come back. That's a whole nother level. So walk us through what happened and then what was that burn like for you to choose to respond and to get back to where you are today? Well, you know, so going back to the beginning, uh, you know, I was born to an incredible family in foreign Indiana. Um, had a, you know, really had an idyllic childhood, if you will. I feel like the kind of childhood most kids would dream of. Um, but tragic, we were flying home from my grandparents' vacation home up in northern Michigan. Um, we were flying home, and tragically, the airplane crashed. And um, I lost my, my mom, my older sister, and younger brother, Ian. Um, in that crash and you know my dad and I just found a way to move forward and uh, press on and you know I, obviously it was extremely difficult but and I can't ima- I'm married now I can't imagine what it was like for my dad to lose his wife of 20 years and let alone two kids and um, but he, he he really led he led me he led by example um, and kept living he was a doctor and he got back to that and uh, I, you know obviously we had extreme emotional pain and grief and but just find a way to keep moving forward and really lean on each other. I think that's a whole issue altogether. I think when we go through something tough, we do need to have that inner burn, um, but we also need to have people around us who are, who are helping us get back, get back on our feet, so to speak, who are helping us overcome, because we're not going to be able to do it alone. Um, and so my dad was remarried, and then um, a couple of years later, we had a great blended family, and I started. I was working pretty hard on my basketball skills and got to be pretty good. Um, Coach Izzo didn't recruit me a whole lot, um, but Coach, <laughs> I, I wasn't athletic enough for Coach Izzo, but Coach Beeline, unfortunately, liked me, liked what I had to offer. He saw a potential in me, I should say. I was, I mean, I was only 16 years old at the time, so I had a long way to go, but he offered me a scholarship on June 15, 2011, which I accepted. It was my dream come true to go to Michigan. You know, my mom went there and graduated in 1987, and my dad did research on Michigan before going to medical school at Wake Forest, so I, and my grandpas have both went to Michigan, so I have a deep connection to Michigan. Um, and yeah, you know, it was a dream come true to be able to go there, have an opportunity to go, go play at Michigan, and I hope to have a great career. Um, but the, uh, nine days later on June 24th, we were flying to Northern Michigan, the same place we were returning from in 2003. We were flying, we were flying there in 2011 on June 24th, and the, air, the aircraft tragically crashed, and um, claimed the lives of my dad and my second mom um, and left me um, with severe injuries, broken ribs, broken clavicles, a traumatic brain injury, punctured lungs, broken hips, I mean, um, a hematoma in my leg, all, ki- all kinds of stuff. Um, and I was in a coma for about, about seven weeks. Um, came out of it, had a long way to go. But I, I, I remember, I, the way I approached the road to recovery is – I was working to be the best basketball player that I could be prior to the accident, right? You know, going to the gym, lifting weights before school, going to full day class, workouts or, and or practice after school, getting shots of at home in the driveway at night. You know, so I was, I was putting, my, putting my time in, into the game. And I was working to – I had a long way to go, a lot of room to grow. But then when that accident happened, the second accident, and I, was, I, had, to, I had to learn how to walk and talk and basically how to live my life again, let alone play basketball – I approached that with the same mentality that I approached my journey to become a great athlete beforehand. So I think learning how to take things seriously, learning how to, you know, just go after things. I think that's really important, a really important way just to learn how to live life. So. 
Well, I, I, I knew that there was a you know, natural connection of, of losing a parent between you and I, but I, I wanted everybody to hear that from you. And, and then, of course, the, the tragedy of losing both parents and your siblings. Uh, Austin, your strength is remarkable. Um, it, 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 is, it is truly remarkable. Um, how, how often do you think about your parents? Take me, take me to the burn. And I know, I know this is a tough place to go, but you know, so many of our listeners are struggling to have the ability to articulate or to share or to find that internal fight. What is it like for you on a, on, on a daily basis? I, I think about my mother every day. You know, it's been 33 years since my mother passed and she is my fuel, my burn every single day of my life. And so how, how important is it for you? I know Overcome It is the name of your company. And so you've made that conscious choice. I'm going to overcome it. And I, I know that your, your parents are so proud of uh, your continued fight and your relentless nature to, you know, get back to the game of basketball and to do the things that you love. So tell me how, how important, you know, keeping them at the top of your mind and what that real internal burn has been for you. It's extremely important. Well, first and foremost, you know, my my condolences for your loss as well. And I hope, I hope. I, I mean, I know, I know our, our our parents are all in family. They're in a better place, and we'll see them again someday. I firmly believe that. Um, but yeah, it's my burn too. You know, on my road to recovery, on those tough days when I didn't feel like getting up and practicing walking, I was in a hospital bed and I couldn't walk, and I wanted to get to Michigan, right? So that was a that was one burn in itself was that was having that goal of getting to Michigan. But also, on those tough days when I didn't feel like working as hard as I needed to, I remembered that you know I, at least I felt that how I respond to this adversity, how how I, how I approach this challenge, it's a direct reflection of my family. And I knew that my dad and I, my dad and I were like brothers, right? I mean, he was my dad, but we were like brothers. Um, and I knew that. Somehow, I don't know what it's like to be in heaven. I don't know if, like, I, I do believe, you know, that the, they're looking down on me. I don't know if they can see what I do every single day. But I, 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 I do I have a feeling that when I get to heaven someday, they'll know how I, how I lived here on earth. And, or at least they'll have some somehow. That's for one of the conversation altogether. But, you know, I, I just remember that, I, you know, how I respond, it's a direct reflection on my family, my parents and my family. And... I mean, because if, if, if we're working just for ourselves, if I'm working just for me, there's no reason to work hard to get to Michigan, to get back to Michigan. Obviously, I had Coach Beeline honoring his side of the scholarship, which is a big deal. And if he was going to honor his, I wanted to honor my side of the commitment and do what I could to get back. I'm not supposed to talk about that more later on, I think. But, I mean, yeah, I just felt that, you know, the burn for me was my family. And it was also all the people that had made – sacrifices to help me get better i felt i could say thank you to them you know thank you for being here thank you for helping me you know staying after hours and taking me to this therapy or that therapy you know um because i couldn't drive i had i had i went like two years and i wasn't allowed to drive i had my license prior to the accident because of my head injury i had to like relearn how to i had to relearn how to drive right so i had people taking me around and stuff and i felt that a way that i could show my appreciation for what they did for me was just give it everything I had, work as hard as I possibly could. And um, when you have that inner burn, I think that'll, that'll, that'll drive us to make those sacrifices, that'll drive us to get uncomfortable. And, you know, I, and, I, and I felt that early on, um, 
I realized that, you know, even if I don't accomplish my goal of getting back to a fully, like a full recovery, being able to play in Michigan, even if I don't get back to that level, it's not going to be because I didn't work hard enough. I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to, do, I'm going to control all the things that I control um, and I'm going to do everything I can to get as much of my, my basketball ability back as I can. One of the things that's, that's very evident to me in, in hearing your story is you were uh, very intentional in two things. Number one, staying focused on what you can control, but number two, relying on those relationships of the people who truly cared about you. And I know Coach Beeline uh, honored Commitment, right? All the, I mean, your situation certainly would have been an easy one to make a phone call and say, hey, unfortunately, due to, you know, the circumstance, you know, we're not going to be able to provide the scholarship. Easy for universities to do that when somebody gets injured, right? Because a lot of times that they're, they're, a university might be wanting to protect themselves. Whereas Coach Beeline went out for you and then you did the work, you know, for him and the program. So how important has it been for you to have people like Coach Beeline in your life? Right. How important are those relationships to have those people in your life, especially when so many individuals, uh, the most important individuals in your life have been taken far too early? Yeah, well, you know, you know, Coach Beeline is, is one of the greatest men I know. He's incredible and obviously a great coach at Michigan. Um, but I think he's a 10 times better man than he is a basketball coach. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned from him is what you do is not as important as how you do it, right? See, the fact of the matter is, Ben, that you know people would see in articles, you know, ESPN or, or in the newspaper, or whatever. You know, John Beeline follows through on a scholarship commitment to a kid that can't play. Like that's a pretty cool headline, right? That's a very cool headline. I mean, that's kind of like one of those feel-good stories, right? Like you see, the, like on, on Sports Center every now and then, they have those, you know, those SC feature pieces, those cool stories about you know kids making a great comeback or. You know, kids who get, get, get a score at the end of their career as a walk-on, they get a chance to play or whatever it may be. Um, but it's like people, they, they saw that, they, they saw that I was included in the program, um, but they didn't see the day-to-day -day stuff that he did. Um, mm -hmm. The way he included me, he gave me a role, made me feel like my role was important. And then my, then my teammates needed me to fill that role, to the best of my ability. And I think that's a whole other conversation altogether. I think if we don't have we may not have the role we dream of, right? I wish I could have been playing on the court with Duncan Robinson and Mo Wagner and DJ Wilson and Karis LeVert, all of which are in the NBA now, and they're all really good players in the NBA, which is really cool. But if, if we're on the team, we have a role, and that role is important. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be on the team. So I think, you know, just taking pride in Coach Beeline, that, the role he gave me as an encourager, a motivator, you know, maybe, maybe me working as hard as I could to be the best that I could be served as an inspiration or motivation for my teammates. Because I, I knew in my, in my heart of hearts, so to speak, that I was never going to play at Michigan, never be able to contribute. But I just worked it as hard as I could. And just because that's just how I learned to work at things. I think just learning how to take things seriously and just like I said before, learning how just, just to go all in. If we're going to go after something, if we're going to play at Michigan, if we're going to study to be a doctor, if we're going to go to business school, if we're going to go to, you know, whatever the goal may be, why wouldn't we go all in, right? So I think it's if it's something that's very much within our control, I mean, I think it makes total sense to, to give it everything they had. So, but yeah, back to, you know, guys like Coach Beeline and my family and my mentors and friends and people 
I'm just so blessed. I mean, I've obviously I've lost a lot. I've lost a tremendous amount. And of course, I'm not diminishing what I've lost by any stretch of the imagination. But I just I feel so fortunate to have had all the people in my life that have helped me overcome. And I really do believe that given the fact that the events happen, the two tra plane crashes tragically, I feel like we've had about the best possible outcome of those events, the best possible, the best case scenario of the worst case scenario, if that makes any sense. So, so help, help me understand. I, I'm a CEO. I, I'm a business owner. I bring you into my organization because I, I know that you are sharing your story. Uh, similar for me, we've had to pivot and, and doing a lot of it virtually, but I know you, you love being in person to share your stage through your company, overcome it. I know you've been doing a lot of it virtually, telling your story. But if you had the opportunity, you're, you're in front of a group of individuals facing extreme adversity right now, and you had one message to, to, to bring us home here, what would that one message be for people to overcome it? Well, you know, so my message to companies and organizations um, is about grit. And grit is what it took for me to overcome the adversity that I faced. Because I realized early on when I was in the hospital bed and I couldn't walk, I realized if I wanted to, I recognized where I was and I saw where I wanted to go. But then I had to, I just had to figure out how I was going to get there, right? Where we, we start with where we are, we see where we want to go, but then we got to figure out how we're going to get there, of course, right? And so I think that, you know, on the road to overcoming anything, what it worked for me was to, was to have, was to work with grit, to, to, to live with grit, really. And a lot of people have talked about grit. It seems like a pretty good idea for people and organizations to possess, but mm -hmm. to me, you know, it's been said that it's working for the long-term goal. It's about being persistent and, um, you know, that's all true. I agree with that. I agree with that, but I believe it grits. There's four key components to it. I would start by working first and foremost, and probably most importantly, one the, one the, to answer your question, the message that I would give to people, if I could just say one thing to them, I would like to say all five things with grit. The, the, the purpose drives grit, knowing our why, having a greater work for something bigger than ourselves, that drives grit. Um, that's what I would say. I would say, I think it's, it's so important to work for something bigger than ourselves because if we're working just for ourselves, any one of us in any organization on the planet, if we're working just for ourselves, I think it's pretty likely, it's actually almost inevitable that we're going to hit some form of adversity, opposition, challenge, trial, tribulation, what have you, that'll probably cause us to give up because we don't have a driving force for why we do what we do. I'm working just for me. So yeah, you know, it'd be nice if I overcame this, but if I don't, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, and it's going to take a lot of work and I don't know that it's worth my time and effort, but if I got, if I got, like in basketball, right? You got five guys on the court playing as one. And if, a, if your team gets beat baseline and your guy, and, and, and so the guys who are in the corner on the court, right? Try to, I'm trying to try to illustrate this clearly. Yeah. If you got two guys in the corners, the one guy, the ball's in one corner, the guy whose man is in the other corner, if the guy with the ball beats, beats the guy baseline, it's the guy in the other corner is responsible to cut off the baseline and take a charge and sacrifice his body to get hit in the chest, right? His team, his team is depending on him to do that. If there's a, if there's a ball on the floor, it's unspoken. You should dive on the floor for a loose ball. If you're working just for me, if I'm doing it just for yourself, like I don't think there's guys in one-on-one -on -one that really dive on the floor very much. They're playing one-on-one. -on -one. Right. right. But if you got five guys on the court, you do it because it's what the team needs. So I think, I think the biggest thing I would say to, to an organization is just to remember that we're, we need to work for something bigger than ourselves work for something bigger than ourselves and that will drive us to do what it takes to overcome and do what it takes to get uncomfortable 
especially in the face of adversity. So such a powerful message. Where where can people stay connected with you, Austin? How can they continue to follow your story and all the impact you're making? Yeah, well, right now I'm you know I'm on I'm active on LinkedIn and um, and Twitter things like that. Um, but I'm I'm in the process. The website will hopefully be up and running here in a couple months. Um, that's in the works. Um, so once that gets up and running, it'll be easier to direct people there. Um, you know, to to get more information about book having me speak and things like that. But I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty much available to speak to any and all organization at any time who if a message about overcoming adversity would add value. And you know the hope is that most organizations, unfortunately, most organizations do face adversity. It's part of life. But you know, if my if my message could just give your team a little encouragement to keep moving forward in the face of that adversity, I'd be honored and very grateful for an opportunity to share my message. Yeah, well, it, uh, you you belong in front of so many organizations right now with just everything going on in the world and the relevancy of your message and responding and choosing to overcome it. So, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Uh, and if I could, just a couple of things to mention to all of our listeners. You know, I appreciate every single week, you know, incredible individuals like Austin coming on and sharing their stories. But I encourage you to do something with it. And probably the biggest takeaway I had today, Austin, was I loved when you said you have to own your role, right? Coach Beeline empowered you to identify your role for the team, even though you couldn't play like, like you once could but then to really own that role, right? To really invest in that, in that role and to become that role for the organization. And I think for all of us, if you listen to Austin, you may not have the exact role that you want. Might not be the final destination for you. Maybe it is, but wherever you are, own that role and give it everything that you've got. And from Austin's grandpa, we'll tie it together to all of you. Every single day is an opportunity to perform. And I think Austin, your, your grandpa would agree to, uh, to give it your very best every single day. So thank you for joining us on The Burn. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you for another episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.